Hello, this is Gina Versa from the Waffle Press Movie Podcast. We're doing another episode of TV Hangouts. We brought it back to talk about Black Mirror, uh, one of my favorite shows of mine on Netflix. And I'm here joined by my good friend Frankie Espinoza, who I've known since high school and is a big Twilight Zone buff, so it seems appropriate to have you on here. Thank you for having me. Of course. How you doing, Frankie? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's, a, it's another nice and steamy summer day yes. in February, mm-hmm. so I can't complain. Mm-hmm. How about you, Gene? I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good. Um, so, Frankie, just jumping right into it. Um, Let's do it. Yeah. How did you? Uh, it, how did you discover Black Mirror? Honestly. Yeah. I was looking for something to fall asleep to. Okay. Um, believe it was around the time Netflix. Um, was it released it mm-hmm. or started uh, carrying it and streaming it and I was like why not read synopsis on it, it right so it was like 2015 around there yeah yeah okay. if that's if that's the year that they they started streaming it then yeah that's it mm-hmm. and uh, I read the synopsis so I was like sure I, let's just check it out I, something I can sleep to and turns out I didn't fall asleep and watched it in one sitting yeah so that just shows the caliber okay <laughs> if that if that yeah, no, if that, if that covers it yeah no, I think it does um, so, I, I did a season four podcast with my friend Emma, talking season four, and what, just kind of talking about Twilight Zone, because it gets a lot of comparison, what, what was your favorite Twilight Zone, Frankie? Favorite Twilight Zone episode? Favorite Twilight Zone episode. <sighs> well, a year or so back, I did a top 31 Twilight Zone episodes on Instagram, I'm sure you... Mm-hmm. You remember that? Yes, I do. And that was in that moment, but still to this day, um, the after hours hold up as probably one of my favorite ones. Okay, that's the one with the, uh, like the the dummies. Yeah, kind of. Okay. So like the mannequins get one month to walk around amongst less people, mm-hmm. and yeah, it was super intriguing. The entire episode I had no clue where it was going. Until the, of course, the grand reveal, but it was it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And then the second runner-up, I'm not gonna do top five right now. This is okay. the point, but no, for sure. Um, the second one is uh, "Perchance to Dream." Oh, okay. That's, that's where that guy has a weak heart, and he and ends up having a heart attack in a dream. Yes. Yes. So that was some very strong episodes right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll say I, I said this before, but mine was uh, uh, two Burgess Merediths. One you introduced me to, called "To Serve Man." Um, or the obsolete man. Oh, the obsolete man. Yeah, the obsolete man. Brain fart. The obsolete man, which I never saw before that, and I, um, you know, just saw through you. It's a damn good episode. Yeah, no, it's a great episode. Um, I love that one. Um, and another, the other Burgess Meredith is uh, Time Enough at Last, where you have the biggest fu ending ever. Yeah, the classic. He breaks his glasses. Yeah, it's a classic, man. Oh yeah. So um, yeah, those are my two favorite. And was it what what makes Twilight Zone so uh, so iconic, so um, so universal? Would you say, Mr. Frankie? So universal. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It really touches on. Uh, number one, it's probably one of the better social commentaries out there, mm-hmm. and even for its time. Yes. It's really like, in my opinion, it can't be beat because mm-hmm. it really shows. 
like the way Rod Serling wrote, and of course alongside with a couple of Bradbury here and you know Richard Richard Matheson there, mm-hmm. um, he really focused on the folly of man, and real and the I guess the sh- man's shortcomings. Yeah, and where like pretty much like one pushes the limit or in certain situations, one's true nature comes out. Mm-hmm. And really, those stories alone is what makes it universal. Like yeah. those those stories alone really really make it pretty much timeless. Yeah, no, for sure. For the most part. Yeah. Because those, they, they carry so, so much of a wallop. Yeah. Because it, it's, it's one of those things, like, it's, as you, as you know someone, as you, as you spend time with somebody, mm-hmm. like, over time, you see their true nature come out. Yeah. But the Twilight Zone did that in 30 minutes. Yeah. You know, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. It's kind of like, it's like those, but probably the, one of the best ways I can explain it. Okay. So. Thanks, okay. So just kind of looking right into it, um, you know, we talk about Twilight Zone, but let's talk about Black Mirror. Let's do it. I'm going to just uh, do some brief history here. Um, it was created by Charlie Brooker, of course. He uh, completed the production of Dead Set, a zombie-based drama series. I believe it was for the... Excuse me. He was working on uh, Newswipe, other programs. And he had a idea that he wanted to do a... Uh, anthology show like it was he wanted to be he wanted it to be another drama series but he wanted it to be anthology style so like you know programs he grew up with like twilight zone night gallery do you ever watch hammer House of oh Thor? yeah christopher okay. lee man i, I never watched that but just that's what popped up in my research that that was one of his influences so there's christopher lee um well hammer house of horror mm-hmm. is that the same as all the hammer Yes. Horror movies? Pretty much. Okay, well, yeah, like Christopher Lee, it was Dracula, and then you mm-hmm. have freaking Grand Moff Tarkin as Van Helsing. Yeah. You know, it doesn't get any better than that, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> go ahead. And Brooker said he wanted to do a show that talked about societal issues, so like Twilight Zone did, but it was focusing more on technology specifically. And if you look at... Tw- and Twilight Zone does do that. It does. But... Since it's the '60s, the contemporary concerns were, you know, space travel or nuclear war, nuclear war, and somehow you would survive nuclear war, the fallout, and be able to read books in the library. But, uh, yeah, but, but you know, spending time in a vault, yeah, can't beat those lead linings, man. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, you know, it's a lot different, and you know, that's it's a really grand idea that you would take this kind of, uh, you know theme from the 60s show and, uh, you know, apply it somewhere else, you know, to our era. Right. And the other thing he said, he end of each episode would end on a devastating note, use a lot of cruel fates, so Twilight Zone does have that. There are some happy endings, but um, more so, you know, not so good endings. Right. Yeah. And, you know, much like the Twilight Zone, you have a lot of devastating notes, you have all these twists. Mm-hmm. At the end, you know, a lot of these reveals, however, there are some, I would say, lighter tones and lighter episodes, but lighter endings as well, more kind of lighthearted. No, for sure. Yeah. Definitely. And was it, you know, that was kind of the backstory for it. We covered a little bit of this in the last show, so let's, um, kind of jump, let's, uh, jettison to season one, which... For a pilot episode, it has... Yeah, I know, you're laughing. It has, like, one of the most, like... Sh- I don't know, shocking openings ever. I, would, I, I hate to be... I hate to sound so hyperbole, but... 
you know, it, it's a pretty messed up episode. So, let's just say it. The uh, Prime Minister wakes up in the middle of the night and is told he has to have intercourse with a pig. Bestiality on film. Yes. And it's, it's done in order to save uh, the royal princess because it's the British Empire. And it examined politics, but it also examines man's man's kind of uh, obsession with um, you know technology. And you know we live in this Twitter, social media oh, world. Oh right, yeah, yeah, where right, everyone absolutely. kind of has. I wouldn't say a mob mentality, but uh, you know, no, it kind of is kinda because is, yeah. as soon as <laughs> the parameters were set, mm -hmm. it took off like wildfire. Yeah, no, definitely. and that's that's you know in part of. Right. That's well, see, one of the things that social media like yeah, no, allows. As I'm uh, checking my uh, our Waffle Press account <laughs> for a second. Um, but we'll see this in later episodes as well. But that's a theme he does touch on. And, you know, talking a little bit about the cast here, um, you'll notice the main character, excuse me, the main character, the PM, he's played by Rory Keener, who is known to many Bond fans as Tanner. <laughs> Absolutely. He's fucking great in this episode, but, you know, he's a great tanner. Uh, would you say he's one of your favorite tanners? In I'd the... say so. Okay. I'd say so. Because Tanner doesn't get enough love, right? He doesn't. He's yeah. really one of those background characters, like, oh, there he is! And right. then, oh, he's gone. Yeah, you know, but he's it's... M's, like, right-hand man. <laughs> Pretty much. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, he, he does such a great job in this episode. You see his pain, you see his, like... Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You were, you were there, or we were there... For every like every step of the way, mm -hmm. and I'd say like his you were experiencing his emotions. Mm -hmm. So he carries this episode well, and you just you feel gross just watching him. <laughs> and I'll also give it up to Annie Wilson Jones, um, who um, you know just she plays his wife. Um, she was um, also in Spaced. She was um, uh, so Spaced is uh, you know Simon Pig. Yes. That was the show he did like right before. Um, Shaun of the Dead and Edgar Wright did do some episodes um, so yeah she's a space alum so some people may know her from that and you know she's great in this episode her pain just like oozes throughout this episode you know it's just so so you feel just so bad for her oh yeah. yeah but then again it's given the circumstances mm -hmm. it's what can you do right are you gonna let the royal princess die mm -hmm. and yeah no she's She's amazing. And just uh, kind of going off what you just said, it's just so tense. Um, each each time as the moment draws near, we're just gripped by just everything that goes wrong. It's like a Murphy's Law. Everything that goes wrong will go wrong. And, you know, it, it just does. So, <laughs> it really does. Yeah. And every single time, every, I don't know what you call it, like any mission mm -hmm. to try to like pinpoint where this guy is and try to find the princess right every single attempt that they have that fails mm -hmm. brings like this like impending doom at least when i first yeah no so no it's, it's impending it's... doom and like i realized to myself like as things were unfolding like holy crap he's gonna have to do it mm -hmm. <laughs> he's gonna straight up I'm like mm -hmm. is this actually gonna happen like really i yeah, know right. i know the bbc is like it has different different regulations but, mm -hmm. right but damn well i mean they, they don't they don't show it well, well yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, no, no. It's no. still it's still a taboo subject. Mm -hmm. No, for sure. And yeah, it's it's such a tense episode. And you know what? It, it just it's so sad that it actually happens, and you kind of <laughs> yep. you know I, I think the realization is that you know with the people that watch they feel pretty 
I don't know. Most of them feel pretty dirty for watching it. I mean. Oh yeah. Yeah. You saw like um, the look of like the repulsive looks in people's faces. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's just like you know you felt sad for pretty much everyone, and um, no one felt good after that. Right, and it's it's just a gut punch that they. The princess, excuse me, the uh, princess is released like right as it's going on because it was, it was all a, pretty much an act, you know, to get their ways. It was pretty much like demoralized the, the prime minister. Yeah. And really, like, it's her, that was the ultimate gut punch that she was released pretty much like right before the act happened. Mm-hmm. And of course, no one, no one knew because everyone was watching. Yeah, right. So, yeah, it's a big gut punch. Um... Um, yeah, let's talk about the ending for a bit. Okay. Um, you know, you see, they always have an after credits, and this is probably the most, one of the most emotional after credits, you know? And, yeah, you know, you, he did, I guess, he, you know, he saved the girl in a way, even though she was released, but, you know, you just see, like, you feel for this dude, even though, you know, he, he's not the best person, for sure, like, you know, he punches his, you know, or what is he, he abuses his, like, secretary and like well i mean he's frustrated but yeah yeah it's no excuse yeah, yeah absolutely not but you know he, he's not a great person but at the same time it's like man it's pretty fucked it's yeah. pretty messed up you it know? really was yeah it really really was mm -hmm. so like you know you, you just you feel for this dude and yeah it's just um you know you see their marriage pretty much collapse it's just it's done yeah it's done it's it's pretty much, of course, this is way before, you know, a cur current, uh, current uh, presidency, but Dude, his Trump wife pretty much does, like, the whole Melania, like, don't touch me as soon as, like, they're behind closed doors, right. you know? Yeah. It's, it's so sad, and, you know, it's... You can't blame the guy for going through with the act to save the princess. However, you can't blame the wife for mm -hmm. feeling as she does. So yeah. it's, it's just, it's not... It's no bueno, man. Yeah. It's, it's terrible. Uh, Charlie, um... I'll, I'll just add this. I, I hate to get into uh, too much about the orange one, but Charlie Brooker did say he wanted to, re if he got a chance to rewrite this with our current era, he would make it more outrageous like oh, the please. politician. Would I want to see that happen. Yeah, I want the, the 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 best pig or like that's what he would add to it. or just, <laughs> you know, That's what Charlie Brooker said, so I'm just quoting him there. And... The, this episode, it really sets the tone for the series. Um, it shows there are no boundaries for, you know, future social commentaries. Yeah, the series would cover. Yeah, the series yep. would cover. It shows how it kind of, technology's power to distort the world. You know, all the gadgetry seems a little too familiar, and the voyeurism is a little bit too uh, too close to home for, like, you know, some of the crazy stuff that, that has been going on in our, uh, our world, you know? Right, and, like, it's kind of funny because, yeah, this... This does set the tone for the series because really it shows that, like you said, there's there's gonna be no boundaries right. for all the future episodes. Yeah, and kind of like funny that you mentioned voyeurism because that comes up often mm -hmm. in future episodes yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely, man. And that's that's that kind of adds like the icky factor mm -hmm. to the to the show. But again, that's what makes it a great show. Yeah, no, definitely, for sure. And I'll just, you know, I'll just add it's an excellent commentary. Just kind of, uh, you know, he more or less has been predicting the future. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know, it's it's one of the best first episodes. So I'll give it that. Oh, absolutely. That's got me hooked. Mm -hmm. For sure. 
Alright, um, next episode is 15 million merits, and it has the uh, first appearance of a song we'll get to know throughout the series, which is, does anyone know what love is? And roll the tape. familiar song um, that plays um, throughout the sh series I believe it comes back a few times right? it does yes yeah. it does um, and famously this uh, this episode um, has Daniel Kalua I believe I pronounced his name right who started last year's Get Out um, who's now nominated for an Academy Award for Best uh, Best Actor so yeah, yeah props to him he uh, really you know portrayed the episode well um so, uh, yeah, let's, and it has Jessica Brown, um, she, she comes back throughout the series, yeah, she does. one of another characters, and Ron Weasley, Rupert Everett, from Harry Potter. I must say, like, it's one of the refreshing things about Black Mirror, since it's a show from the UK, mm -hmm. we get all these actors from across the pond, and it's yeah. kind of giving them, you know, their, their, uh, their time to shine on the mm -hmm. state side. Yeah. It's actually kind of very refreshing. There's no, like, uh, Zoe Deschanel or whoever else oh, is on God. TV. Oh, you know? dude, dude, she would totally, like, if this, if that was made by, like, an American show, she would it totally, yeah. First of all, it probably wouldn't even be on. Mm -hmm. Probably would have been canceled already. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, just, like, Jeez. oh, BBC, like, oh, yeah. Black Mirror, but we'll get to that later. Right. Um, so, yeah, you know, I love the casting in this episode. Um. You know, because we had to read this book, like, in, uh, what, like... Uh, freshman year. Freshman year. It reminds me of, like, Brave New World, right? Yep, because you got the, you got the, I guess, the unhealthy. It wasn't, you don't find too much about their social class. Mm -hmm. But obviously, um, Daniel's character, character, I guess, is part of the middle class or working right, class. Right, yeah, he's totally working class. And then you have the unhealthy people in the yellow jumpsuits, the proletariat, mm -hmm. cleaning and doing all the, all the maintenance work. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely, very, very right. brave new world. Yeah, no, I would also add. There's another uh, THX. It kind of reminded me of. Oh one. yes, yep. a little bit THX. I mean, just on, kind of, it's in an underground world in general. And you know, it's also we could also draw parallels to uh, X Factor, an American Idol. Oh yeah. Um, you know, the hosts totally remind you of uh, Simon Cowell, right? Unfortunately, like, because of American Idol, uh, I guess in American Idol's popularity in the States, mm -hmm. Simon Cowell, like, has become kind of like a stereotype. Every game <laughs> show needs to have a Simon Cowell. Right, it has to have an asshole. Yep. Have a naysayer. So, yeah, that person was very much so uh, Simon right. Cowell. And I like this episode. It's, it's certainly not my favorite. Um, is it your favorite? It's all right. It's not. It's not up there. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's. I don't know. I found it just kind of depressing. I guess it was because it shows he had a motive to get something done and change the way things are. Mm -hmm. 
but and he still gets gets up and being used. You know? Exactly the mach- the I guess like if you if you wanna the man quote unquote the man, or man. the machine or the system like sucked him back in and like gave him a better life sure but mm-hmm. you know nothing got done yeah so yeah, it was kind of a it was an alright episode mm-hmm. yeah so anything else we could add to this I don't know mm-hmm. I, except for that theory that he's not actually looking outside but I don't know if that's worth mm. mentioning. Yeah, dude, mention it. Okay, so we all know at the end of the episode he's overlooking this landscape. It looks like the like the woods or like a forest or something. Mm-hmm. You see birds like birds like fly by, but there's a theory out there. Like there's a okay. theory for everything that he's not actually looking outside. That that's actually just a high quality screen since you know he's wealthy. Mm-hmm. He's higher up in the in the class in like the yeah. class structure. So okay, it's just an interesting little thought. Mm-hmm. Let me chew on. Of course, we're never gonna know the answer, know. but. 15 Million Marins, who apparently was inspired by the 1984 Apple Inc. ad, which was directed by Woodrow Scott. Oh, yeah, Super that Bowl makes ad sense. as he's running through, and then, which has been parodied many times on Futurama. And then she, she sends a sledgehammer to the screen. Is that it? Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, we'll cut away to that, but that's a really great commercial. And good in 1984. Oh, yeah, it absolutely is. Yeah. And... I'll just add one more thing to 15 million merits. I'm sorry, keep going back. No, to throw it. it in there. But it, it it talks a lot about kind of their celebrity, obsessed culture. Even when someone says something profound, people just use it to be part of the culture. So you know, like, uh, uh, just when you know, uh, I think like people like Warren Hill or someone where they talk about how music industry. You know, people are just being used. And, uh, you know, people make that, like, that, that like, kind of counterculture the thing, you know? Oh, yeah. just become, like, the thing you hate, you know? <laughs> so, yeah. Entire History of You, um, noted is it's written by Peep Show writer, Jesse Armstrong, which apparently is a big British show. Uh, so, Entire History of You, it's written by the Peep Show writer, Jesse Armstrong. And I'll say this episode seems to be in more of a in continuity with the rest of the series. Seems more tangent than the rest of Black Mirror. Um, you know, you see like a lot of technology that's first used or kind of morphs into other technology um, used in other Black Mirror episodes. Yep. You know, the little eye device. Um, so you know, it kind of sets the tone. Um, it stars Toby Kebbell, who plays Koba. In uh, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, <laughs> and who is a terrible Doctor Doom, because they've never Oh, known that's him. right, yeah, huh? Him. Yeah, the, he kind of like had duct tape on his face. Yeah. Well, he met his wife on Fantastic Four, so... Well, something good came from that Something movie. good came from him, so that's good for him. And um, the device implants a grain behind their ear, recording everything they see in here, so kind of like Google, which we saw on Google... Google Eye... Was it Google Glass, was it called? Oh, well, that... Yeah, do you remember? The yeah. Guy that, just that, continued. That, yeah, it was Google, Google Glass. So you can record things by saying, by like, through like a certain gesture. Mm-hmm. You can look things up, take photos. It's kind of... Honestly, you can kind of tell it wasn't going to make it, but... Yeah. The idea well, I mean, like, you know, it had so many, like, you know, uh, kind of, uh, like, cultural things. Like, you know, it had to be taken out of movies and all that. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. it was a full-on recording device. Mm-hmm. So anyone walking in with that, walking in with a Google Glass into a movie, straight up piracy. Yeah. And I say this is most like twisty episode of Black Mirror. A lot of uh, 
lot of uh, twists and turns. Do you want to elaborate? Right. It was more. It was kind of more along the lines of a drama. Yeah. Because it entitles a uh, entitles uh, a man who's suspicious of his wife having an affair. Right. Turns out to be true. Yeah. But I guess that's where like the twists and turns. Yeah, like it's more of like almost kind of like a novella or like a soap opera. Yeah, right. You know, because he's like, oh, like he he shows like at first like he starts to get these insecurities just based off of how his wife is interacting with this guy at a at a dinner party. Mm -hmm. Right. Anyone who's insecure would like pick up on the slightest body language or like tones. You know, the significant others is displaying. Yeah. So with that said, he starts to investigate. And he finds too much, and he turns out that he's he's right. Yeah. And then he's suspicious. I mean, it is like a like as I'm describing, it is like a soap opera because he he's now concerned that oh, is the kid actually his? Is it is it the person she had an affair with? You know, it's just it is it is like a soap opera. Now I'm yeah. <laughs> really so thinking like about the, it. Like an old guy needs to throw like a young man on the floor and start beating him. Exactly. There's need, like needs the like old that. father, the old there, abuelo. There needs, needs to, to throw this, the, the son <laughs> and just beat him up for whatever reason. That's a, that's a, that's, whenever I'm watching the novellas with my grandma, like that's the Something always happens. There's always that trope. That, yeah, that's a trope. The only thing missing from this episode was someone throwing water or like a drink <laughs> on somebody else. Right, yeah. But instead, instead of that, we got... Yeah. We got the the main character gouging this quote unquote grain mm -hmm. out from his body. So because yeah. he saw too much, pretty pretty much he saw too much. He found out the truth. Mm -hmm. He didn't like it, but yeah, that was the solution. And this also it's very notable that the, I think this is the only uh, Black Mirror episode that they're going to make a movie out of it. Even though they kind of are like mini movies, I guess it got optioned by Robert Downey Jr. So really, yeah, plans to do that. Is it going to be good? I don't know, we'll see. His production company made The Judge, which was okay. Alright. So, yeah. I guess. Yeah, we'll see. So, I guess going on to season two. And, okay, so this all came out in 2011, but in the first season. So, yes. it predicted a lot of what happened. Let's say that before. Like, Google Glass came out 2013. That's pretty much predicted. Oh, yeah. The, the last, so, you know, he's a prophet, I guess. Charlie Brooker. Much like Sterling, yeah. Much like you want to talk much about like Ross Sterling, yeah. But it's it's not a whole lot there. I mean, like it's a, to get into detail or anything, mm -hmm. but you see some comparisons. You see a lot of comparisons. Mm -hmm. You know, like uh, for example, one of a, a recent one, one yeah. like a, like a recent instance that like you know was I guess you can kind of say it was predicted. There's this one episode where, um, pretty much it's it's it takes place I guess in Cold War Cold War America. Yeah. Um, there's a threat of a launch incoming, mm -hmm. and only one family on the block oh, yeah. has a bomb shelter, right. and everyone's oh, pulling... I know what you're going to say. And, all, and everyone is, like, clawing away at the door, begging for them to let him in, but mm -hmm. he knows there's only enough supplies for him and his family. Mm -hmm. And then all the neighbors tear down the door, and pretty much force their way in, only for there to be Nothing. over the radio saying this was just a test. Yeah. Now, the similarities with that in terms of today and in terms of, like, you know, Rod Serling calling it, um, the Hawaii scare, yeah. but then again, that was, even though it was a test, it still was translated as there was an actual missile incoming. Yeah, like, the guy, well, actually, the guy, like, accidentally, like, pressed something, like, a button and scared the shit out of, like, a whole nation. So, oh, right, yeah. right. And that's kind of probably one of the absolutely more recent examples of Rod Serling predicting something. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, but then again, all that 
goes on the lines of human error. Yeah. And that episode, I guess it's human error, I guess it's people overreacting, but then again in Cold War America, if you hear like, oh, like there's a missile incoming, you're of course you're going to panic, you got you to take care of business, but you're not going to even think like, wait, is this a test? Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. especially in our For political sure. climate, you know. <laughs> right, yeah. All right, so uh, season two, um, the first episode is BR, Be Right Back. BRB. BRB, <laughs> And it has Dom, Domino, Domino Gleason. We may know as Hux. <laughs> yes. He's Hux. He's, he's yes. a bunch of people. He's a lot of things. He's a great actor. And Haley Atwell, Agent Carter herself. Mm. Yeah. So that's a really great cast. And I think this was one of the first ones I watched. I think I might have skipped ahead from season one to season two and watched this one. And it, it's really just creepy as hell. Um, kind of, you know, it's more or less a ghost story. Would you say? Pretty, yeah, it's it's yeah. it's straight up a ghost story. It's kind of uncanny. Mm-hmm. It's like an AI ghost story, if you yeah. if you want to put it like that. Oh, for sure. And uh, it kind of reminds me of like ghost profiles, like when people die on their uh, Facebook or Twitter. It's still. Oh yeah. There, you know. Yeah, it's it's kind of but, creepy. like literally, like you know, it's kind of like that. They're still there. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I was still on Facebook, when my. One of my great school friends is no longer here with us, and his mm-hmm. profile is still there. It's kind of weird. Yeah. Not going to lie. Oh, definitely. And would you say it's maybe, like, one of the most emotional episodes of the series? I'd say so. Yeah. Because it really, it goes along the lines of, I guess, the stages of grief okay. people go through. But in, in this case, this person has an option of canceling that. Yeah, that whole process. Like, screw it, yeah. And you know what? Like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get my significant other back through this AI. Mm-hmm. This company provides. Yeah. It's, it's unhealthy. Mm-hmm. It was, it's extremely unhealthy, but it was one of the most emotional ones out there because it shows her, pretty much talking to her deceased relative, or not relative, excuse me, a significant other, and, pretty much living her life as. It's almost like nothing happened until, yeah. like, until you know, things kind of got weird at the end, you know, mm-hmm. things got uncanny. But, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like I Sing the Body Electric, one of uh, Ray Bradbury's yeah. episodes. It's the only one he did. From, uh, yeah, from uh, The Twilight Zone, yeah. where Grandma passed away, so, hey, there's this one company that can reproduce Grandma. Come on, kids, let's put body parts in a bin, mm-hmm. and you'll get a Grandma Android <laughs> to take care of you that right. she'll never age. Jeez. It's, it's actually Man. very much like that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Anything else we could say about this episode? I mean, it's, uh, it's one of the darker episodes, yeah, it's I'd one say. Of the darker, yeah. Because it's it deals with the afterlife, and I guess in a way, the black that Black Mirror can deal with the afterlife yeah, through the Black Mirror can through AI. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. And yeah, also I would say it's a kind of a precursor to San Junipero. San Ju San Junipero, right? I believe that's how you pronounce it. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it kind of it kind of is. Because it's the whole, I guess you're in, you're, it's kind of the whole like avatar thing where you're interacting with someone, but mm-hmm. not physically yeah. anymore. It's, right. it's, it's, it's kind of become this whole thing where it's, it's kind of conceptual, but mm-hmm. yeah, I would say it's kind of like a precursor to that. Yeah, oh, for sure. San Junipen, Jun, I can't, <laughs> you, yeah, you got it, you did it already. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. Um, so let's go to White Bear. Um, it... You know, it was the second episode. It kind of reminded me of uh, that one Twilight Zone episode, um, which was the first Twilight Zone episode, Where Is Everybody? Where oh, the yeah. Prisoner Escapes. 
and he, you know, he's in this, like, desolate town, and he doesn't know, like, where he is, and, like, no one's there, and the twist is that he was just in a uh, mind tank, right? Like a psychological experiment? It was... That, that's pretty much what happened, but he wasn't an inmate. Oh, okay, he wasn't, okay. My he was, I believe mistake. he was uh, a pilot or an astronaut, and they were testing space travel oh. through this tank, and in terms of, like, how long can someone pretty much stay in it. Yeah. And, like, kind of, like, stay isolated. Yeah. But I want to say, see, like, it's, it's kind of fuzzy, because, like, to this day, like, I haven't revisited it in a while, but right. it's pretty much like that, him, like, walking around in a town by himself, Gave him, like, the opportunity to walk around, I guess, quote-unquote, stretch his legs while he's in deep space. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember at the end of the episode, he's laying the stretcher, and he's talking to the moon, saying, like, you stay right where you are. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. go ahead. Jeez. Um, yeah, it, Lenara, Creech, Stars? I, I don't know how to pronounce I've heard, that. I butchered your name, my apologies. And, you know, the twist, you know, she's, like, going through this town. Let's, Frankie, can you, what does the episode go uh, she wakes up with a little bit of amnesia. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say like a whole lot of amnesia because she know she has no clue where she's at, yeah. and she sees these people, uh, pretty much like filming filming her like through their camera, yeah, or with their with their with their phones. So, so you think like it's commentary on that at on, first? Oh, oh, right, yeah, through their phones. Yeah, exactly, something like that, and I believe they have like masks on or something. Yeah, and it's super bizarre because she tries to interact with them and they say nothing to her. Absolutely nothing to like. They're not even acknowledged in a way. They're not even like in. They're not interacting with her. Like of course, but they're still, show, acknowledging her existence by filming her. Mm-hmm. And then she runs into somebody else who sees this too, and they they both kind of team up to kind of figure out like the root of what's going on. Yeah. She says they get activated through the symbol that, that appears on their phone, and she finds one of the people. I guess one of the people that's hunting them. Um, there's a kind of like a group of them that are they're pretty much like chasing them with like weapons and stuff. And the person that she meets, Shanghai is a shotgun away from the guy and shoots him, but confetti comes out. Mm-hmm. And there, that's when it's revealed is this, that they're on this sick game show, mm-hmm. pretty much. And it's, it turns out that those two people are criminals. Yes. And this is their sentence. Yeah. They have to relive their sentence, pretty much, for um, perpetually, mm-hmm. depending on like their, and how long their sentences, yeah. but at the end of every day, or at the end of every, I guess, I don't know, exercise or show, they get their mind wiped, and yeah, that's, that's their punishment. Yeah, and you know, speaking of that, I, I discussed this <clears throat> in the previous podcast with my friend Emma, uh, there's, there's like criticism of Black Mirror that it's very... I don't know how to put this, eye for an eye justice, that its sense of punishment, or excuse me, it's not its punishment, it's mortality, Black Mirror's mortality is is not like Twilight Zone, it's more like Old Testament, I guess, and how it views the world. And that's kind of been a criticism, I guess, for the show, is what I read. Um, to me, it... I think some of the punishment for, you know, the, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's evil characters fit for the episode, episode, episode. But I do see, like, altogether, like, you know, overviewing this, it, it gets a little too, I don't know, it gets a little too um, dark, I would say, in its punishment, I don't know, in its punishments, maybe. 
What are your thoughts on this? Because Twilight Zone, people do get their comeuppance. But it's more of like a lesson. It's more of a lesson. Like, you know, it, it's, it's stuff like, you know, this greedy old man, and he plays the devil in pool. Or, excuse me, uh... What's the episode where it's like, take me, I'm old, and then he sacrifices himself for the for the girl? Oh, that's the yeah. that's the one with um with uh, Ed Wynn, Ed the Wynn, voice yeah. of Matt Hatter, and he's yeah. a he's a salesman, mm -hmm. and this girl's very sick. If you want, I can. Yeah, yeah, but like, but that episode, you know, it's like someone that was like, oh, kind of crooked, but he he becomes a better person. Or um, there's some other ones, you know. I would, you know, but you know the. Like the, the more serious episodes, like uh, what's the one with the, uh, the guy, the uh, African American guys being hanged and the sun oh, doesn't uh, come up. I am the night. Call me black. Night. Yeah, I'm the night. Call me Something black. Something like that. Like, when it gets when it gets more serious and they talk about, like more injustice in the world, it's it still has like a moral message. I guess it still has like a uh, kind of moral to its story. And I don't know, sometimes for Black Mirror, I don't, I don't feel the moral is as apparent as it is in Twilight Zone. Like, it's less positive, for sure, but, you know, if, if you just see, like, okay, this guy's evil, and evil things happen, I don't know what you're supposed to learn from that, I guess. I really think, I see what you're saying. Yeah. I see what you're saying. I par partially agree mm -hmm. that it is, and I, it's definitely eye for an eye justice. Yeah. Right? However. You get the, yeah. Yeah, uh, however, in terms of tone being it, it being too dark, I think it's I think that's fine. Yeah. I think it being quote unquote too dark is perfectly fine because it shows it's one of those things like if you're evil this is these are the consequences. Okay. You like know, you like, could yeah, you can compare it to uh Absolute Man, you know, with that ending where it's like, you know, the mink Burgess Meredith kills himself but through that, he was yeah. able to take down and topple, like, I guess not topple the government, but pretty much show, uh, yeah. put a guy in his place. Yeah, it's, like, in this episode itself, um, uh, this episode, White Bear, like, the whole eye for eye, like, these criminals are forced to relive their sentence. Mm -hmm. It's, I guess the message Black Mirror is trying to show, or trying to portray is, mm -hmm. don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> this is right. what happens, you know, bad right. things happen to bad people. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's it's one of those. It's it's really hard to explain, and like how it's really hard to justify that. But in a way, I think that's a damn good moral for our current society. Yeah. No, definitely. And looking back at a one of the looking back at a Twilight Zone episode where mm -hmm. Eye for Eye is an episode of the masks where mm. this this older gentleman. Right. You know, that's this, the only good episode of like season five. I sorry. <laughs> oh man. It's like one of the only good episodes. Uh, okay, I'm gonna walk away right now. Mm -hmm. But that's where like a patriarch. Is on his way out. Yeah, and he, uh, him and his like his family members are there. They're just waiting for him to die so they can get his inheritance. However, they, he asks them to humor them by putting on these masks, and it turns out the masks themselves are like these gruesome characters. And when they take them off, their faces are these gruesome characters fixed right. to really mirror their own personality traits, mm -hmm. and they have to live with that. Yeah, and with with white with white bear, it's like these people have to go through like this pretty much this endless torment and shame because of their crimes. Mm -hmm. And that's, I mean, I guess that's fine. Yeah. It's, there's no real moral to it. It's like, oh, like the, I guess if you can add, add some morality to it, the show can just end and be like, oh, well, you, you went this whole day not knowing what's going on. It's because you're a criminal, but don't do it again. And you're yeah. like, that, that's your sentence. 
Right. You know, it's 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 I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's a delicate it's a delicate dance. I don't even know if I answered your question, but I would say like right. well, this tone is perfect for our society yeah. right now. Okay. All yeah, I do feel a little more kind of res a little more uh, less perplexed by this kind of criticism. You know, I, I do understand it. I feel like, you know, us talking through it kind of made some sense of it. So I feel a little less, feels a little less pro problematic for me. So, yeah, no, I think, you know, talking about it really helps, you know. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, but, yeah, great discussion. Um, Waldo moment <laughs> is um, another episode where kind of predicted the future. But let's talk a little backstory behind it. Um, it has Daniel Rigby, who you may know of the voice of the narrator on the Teletubbies. Good night, Tinky Winky. Good night, Tinky Winky. Yeah, uh, he had less of a Cockney accent. But, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, sorry. And um, they uh, said, uh, I believe Charles Brooker said that Waldo's look is inspired, in inspired by uh, the gorillas. Okay. So I guess like the graphic art for that band. And when he was writing this, he said British politician Boris Johnson was very present <laughs> in his thoughts. <laughs> and he, you know, more or less is the inspiration of Waldo the Bear. Um, and, yeah. He is the British-looking version of Donald Trump, if you... Yeah, wow, that... Yeah, I'm showing, I'm showing you a photo striking. right now. That, like, even yeah, the, even the Slightly better too. hair, yeah. Even the posture, that's kind of haunting. Mm -hmm. And um, Ollie G was also an inspiration. I can but see that. for Ollie G, it's kind of, he's more used to, like he's more the, the Waldo we see at the beginning where he's kind of trying to take the piss out of people to get people to understand through satire kind of what's yeah. wrong with society. Right, right. You know? So a little fun fact about Waldo. Mm hmm the The name is actually the name of the equipment used in puppetry. Oh, really? So okay. we all know that hand puppets are operated by a hand. However, when it comes to motion tracking, like Waldo, um, it's still used. The performer still uses their hand, but the apparatus itself that he puts his hand in to operate the mouth to motion track the mouth, I guess, mm. is called a Waldo. Mm. And Jim Henson uses it and all that, all his other puppetry sure. stuff. A little, little, little fun mm. fact. The more you know. I guess so. Um, so what are, what are your thoughts on Waldo? You know, the episode is, you know, one of the darker episodes. Um, yeah, talking about, talk about taking a turn, man. Right. I mean, if you look at Brexit, our current election, um, you know, I feel Charles Booker was trying to warn us a lot of this, you know, in our society. I'd, I'd say so. And really, I don't think, I hope, mm -hmm. <laughs> our... Our uh, our society isn't gonna end up like it did in the Waldo moment. Yeah. You know where it's this whole like police state kind of. Well, you know we have a military parade. Kind of nineteen eighty four. Yeah. You know this this can get real political real fast, Gene. But. <laughs> right. Well, I mean it's a very political episode. <laughs> no, it, so. it is, and it really yeah. shows. It really shows. I guess. Again, this is another commentary on our society, which Black Mirror pretty much predicted this, mm -hmm. that we're gonna allow a TV personality. Mm -hmm. to uh, enter office and it's really I don't know if it's because of fam familiarity or what he was saying right. I mean, what, I'm gonna go and say it's familiarity they know yeah. who this person is they see him on TV but that doesn't correlate with his I don't know how can I put this with his uh, 
With his fit for office. <laughs> yeah, basically. For his compet- competency. Competency, yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it, yeah, it really <laughs> encapsulated kind of what was going to happen. Um, yeah, no, Waldo is, you know, he's unqualified. He's a cartoon character and kind of like the person in charge right now is right. pretty much a cartoon character. If, uh, if the audience, if the listeners can be in this room right now, we're fidgeting, we're getting very worked up just by thinking about it. Yeah. It's a little, little visual aid. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it has a great, great point that, you know, we should elect people that are qualified, that actually give a shit. They're competent. They're competent, yeah. But, is it, have you seen this episode recently? I mean, have you I seen haven't. it? You I haven't. I'm going to tell you right now, everything. Like because I, I, have a tr- I have trouble. I mean, I... You know, I, I remember this episode really clearly, so I didn't revisit it for the purpose of this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I I would say I would have a I would have trouble watching it again, to be honest with you. Because it's gonna it's gonna be a replay. Yeah. Of, of the election. Yeah. No. Of course. It's gonna definitely gonna be a replay, and like honestly, I don't think any of us want to revisit that. No. No. Definitely not. But yeah, I would feel out of all the episodes because I, I I made a point to talk you know asking people, you know since. It feels like our reality, in a way, is it's in its own Black Mirror episode. Yeah, episode. Absolutely. Is it different watching some of the episodes now? Like, and for the most part, no. For most episodes, some of them are kind of better realities. Oh, uh, oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. But this this episode, <laughs> it's like, man, it's it's a it's a bit tough to watch, dude. It's it's painful. Yeah. It's it's really painful just because it's so frustrating because it actually happened. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the thing. Yeah. Um, anything else we can say? Let's 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 move on. Let's please let's move on. This okay. is getting painful. Yeah. So uh, the Christmas special um, it aired in twenty fourteen about a year. This is the last episode to air on. I believe it's uh, back when they were in, airing on Channel Four. Uh, it got on Netflix about twenty fifteen. Yes. Yeah, around, you know, the Christmas time for that. And, you know, it was kind of its uh, its last episode. Um, it's the only um, television special of the series. Okay. It's not the last episode to be centered on Christmas, which we saw on Channel 4. Um, but in this episode, it has your favorite... Actor, Don Draper. Jim I don't know Hamm. about favorite actor, but... Oh, well, you love Don Draper. Don, well, yes, but that's a character, but okay. Don Draper is, is a very inspiring person. Yeah. Very, very inspiring person. Okay. But yeah, I get... You know what? Fine, yeah. One of my favorite actors then. Yeah. If John Hamm... Well, you know what? Every time I see John Hamm, I can't think of Don Draper, so... Mm-hmm. There you go. So I yeah. guess they're synonymous now. Mm-hmm. They're the same person, but yeah, go ahead. Right. Go and ahead. it has um, many of the technology... Excuse me, precursors to some of the technology that we see in later episodes, like in Playtest, the augmented reality, you see here, you see the blocking technology, which is used in season four. An archangel. An archangel. Right. And then you see, I guess, kind of like the, the, the visual recording mm-hmm. that we see, uh, the history of you. Yeah. Or what, whatever the episode's name is, with the whole grain implant. And in this case, it's a cookie. Yeah. Go ahead. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's a, it has a lot of Easter eggs. Um, but let's talk about what's your, uh, what are your, uh, what was your favorite segment, I guess? <laughs> what's up? I'd have to say um, John Hamm's performance. John Hamm's, okay. Because, again, it, like I said, just 
he's Don Draper, so whenever mm -hmm. I see him on screen, yeah, it's pretty much Don Draper, and you know it's, Don it's, Draper. It's hard to not relate, but anyway, <laughs> that aside, I liked I liked the whole fact that this episode tied, almost kind of tied other episodes together. Yeah. By showing that hey, that this is the same universe. Yeah, it has this, some callbacks. This is the same reality, you know. Not not so much they're not as blatant, but like you were mentioning in terms of technology, mm -hmm. you know, that he, it. It just kind of like tied things together and like in a bow. Yeah. You know, I don't, I don't know if I... If this was like the series finale, it would be more, you know, kind of was for its BBC. BBC run. Right. You know, you could see clips of like Waldo's in it. Uh, oh, yeah. 15 yeah, yeah. parents girl. Uh, the pregnancy test is the same one in BRB. Um, the ticker, excuse me, the, uh, I guess that's called the little... I guess that's called a ticker, the thing that's... The trails on, on the bottom of the screen? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's a ticker. It mentions the events, the Prime Minister of National Anthem. So Yeah. Like and the, we also hear uh, anybody knows, anyone who knows what love is again. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. So a lot of Easter eggs. And I, I really liked this episode. It was, it was good. You know, it was a very, uh, very well-written standalone episode, so... I'd say so too, and like that's I would kind of say this is almost along the eye for an eye. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, you know, because it's like it's kind of drastic, like consequences for my poor man John Ham. You know, mm -hmm. for course. It's what? No, I said of course. Yeah, it's and that's that's pretty, again, like it's pretty drastic. So yeah, no, I'd say definitely eye, eye for an eye. Category there, you know. Yeah, no, definitely. So, yeah, anything else we could say about this episode? I don't know. I, I'm going to go and say that after this episode, the BBC made a mistake. But, you know, <laughs> right. like the... Well, in this, four, yeah. In this, in this day and age, I'm happy that it's on Netflix because Netflix is just throwing... Content, yeah. This, yeah, I, yeah I, you I, got... Yeah, you've been, you've been greenlit. You know, this yeah, this is Netflix. Exactly. And, like, <clears throat> I'm just, like, not so much... These are, I guess, my closing thoughts on, like, the first, mm -hmm. I guess, like, televised, I guess, what you call series... Of Black Mirror, like before my its move onto Netflix. Yeah. Um, number one, I think that this is a, da a damn good show mm -hmm. that we needed. Yes. And I'm happy that it's existing. But like yes. I said, I'm happy that it's on Netflix uh -huh. because Netflix sees its its popularity. Yes. It sees its potential, and they are throwing Netflix production money mm -hmm. at it, which is amazing. Yeah, so, no, definitely. So I think I don't know. Is there anything you need to? No, I, think so. I think that's a decent yeah. segue onto the next. Mm -hmm. So um, season three, you know, it was, on, it was streaming on Netflix, I believe, mm -hmm. at least by June, because that's when I started watching it in 2015. Um, in, I believe they commissioned 12 episodes in September 2015. I remember hearing that. And I was like, oh, I was so overjoyed that there's going to be more Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. Because BBC shows tend to have very light episode orders. Mm -hmm. There may be two or three seasons, which they call series. And they're great shows, but then they don't last that long. You know? No, they don't. No. And they wrap them up, too. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was in March 2016, Channel 4 got outbid by Netflix for the rights of the third series, but with $40 million. Mm. So this was... Um, you know, I guess of uh, disappointing for Channel Four because they've wanted to recommission Black Mirror since twenty thirteen, but um, you know, just nothing went through. They tried to reach a sentiment, and you know, it just wasn't working. So um, 
it marked the first time that an online streaming service had gained the rights to a show from the original network that Rastri knew it. So, kind of historic. Yeah, yeah. I'd say so. Yeah. But, um... Significant. Yeah. You know, um, he wanted Charlie Booker, when he started this season, he kind of wanted to create, like, a new sense of darkness, you know, horror, make it have more horror elements, which we could see in playtests, we could see in, like... Uh, man versus fire. So, um, you know, he wanted to uh, make them more conventional stories um, on romance, police procedures, making it maybe more digestible for us Americans. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, he, uh, yeah, just wanted to try something new with this uh, new format, so good on him. So, first episode was Nosedive, which I think is my favorite. One of my favorites from the season. Okay. It's directed by Joe Wright, who directed Pan, which I don't know if you've seen, is kind of whatever. But it had some good production design. He did The Darkest Hour, which is nominated, Anna Karinoff, so he's a great director. Um, and it has Bryce Dallas Howard, you know, from uh, Jurassic World. Yes. She's great in this episode. Yes, she is. Yeah, she really carries it. And carries that whole uncanny, like, I'm happy all the time. I'm happy know? all the time, yeah. <laughs> you know? I'm secretly pissed off and I want to kill you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, she, you know, does a great, great portrayal of this character. And how do you how do you feel about this episode? Because it's about, social media is about, often our lives are curated by our Instagram posts or kind of, it feels like that. Because I know you kind of went off some... Off the grid on some apps, right? Oh, yeah. I stopped um, on Facebook. Uh, yeah, you stopped on Facebook. What's, what's your take on this? I'm interested. So let's let's open this pit right up. This episode, yeah, Black Mirror, is, up until this point, Black Mirror has, like, some social commentaries. Yeah. Right? Some social commentaries. It, um, I, think, I think the best way to put it is this episode, Nosedive, really kicks it into high gear mm-hmm. and really puts it <laughs> right up there out on the table so we can all see it. Yeah. It, it's society that really, that runs on an app. Mm-hmm. And it runs on likes. It runs on likes, it runs on everyone's rating, and that's how they greet each other mm-hmm. on the street by rating each other. Yeah, like you're a 10, you're a 9. Uh, no, I think it was a 1 to 5. 1 to 5. Man. 1 to 5, yeah. right. <laughs> and so we already see that. Mm-hmm. We see that with Yelp. Yeah. When I'm looking for some place to eat with my girlfriend, mm-hmm. um, we look on Yelp, <laughs> and a place can look promising, but then again, it comes down to, well, how many stars have they got? Yeah. What are their reviews? <clears throat> of course, these, with these reviews, you see people like, oh, well, someone looked at me funny, so one star. They're not justified, but then again, our, our decision is based off of how many stars mm. this, this particular place has. That and also with Uber and Lyft. Yeah. With Uber and Lyft, it's <laughs> if you have a shitty review, people might avoid you. Yeah. You know, and I think it's like if you have a shitty review now, like you kind of get like the scraps, right? Yeah. Is that is that the case? Uh-huh. And this episode really goes into that. Yeah. If you have a shitty review, you're pretty much the lower class. Mm. If you have a high review, if you have a high review, you can live in certain neighborhoods. You can go to certain places. I think their her whole I guess, was it the whole goal for her to get a certain review 
a certain like a uh, score is to, so she can move mm-hmm. into a different like uh yeah like a different suburb. She wanted a different suburb. And yeah. that's only for like five stars. Yeah, like five star class people. Yeah, I don't yeah. know what you'd call it. But no, it was this episode really was like kind of an oh shit moment. Like they did it. Like they they nailed it. This we're living nosedive. Yeah. <laughs> really. Anyway, yeah. Do you feel like there's a positive ending to this? Because absolutely, yeah, because she's freed from social media. Yep, and she gets in a she gets in a shouting match with a fellow inmate. Mm-hmm. Honestly, these people were probably just inmates for just being. They're probably arrested just for being unpleasant. Yeah, let's be real. Yeah, in this society, so they they're shouting "fuck you" to each other mm-hmm. because Very they cathartic. can. Yeah, because they can. Mm-hmm. And really, that's liberating, and it's kind of a kind of like. Kind of a little like um, I guess a little narrative device that through their imprisonment they are free. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it's a positive ending. I'd say so. Yeah. Uh, also, Alice Eve is great in this episode from Star Trek. Who? Uh, Alice Eve. From oh Star yeah. Trek. yeah. Yep. Plays the like perfect uh, kind of like a uh, high social standing person that's always has like backhanded compliments. Was that was that her friend from childhood fr- yeah. that like was getting married? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. It's like oh, perfect man. backhanded compliments. Oh, man. <laughs> she she plays it well. It's just a very tense society mm-hmm. that I would never want to live in. Yeah. So, yeah, anything else you could have? <laughs> no, it was just an awesome episode. Yeah. Playtest, which was uh, directed by 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trinktenberg. Okay. Who is also from the Totally Rad Show, podcasting fame. I believe he got to maybe direct this episode right after 10 Cloverfield Lane. I'm going to say it came out, so good on him. Um, This is one of my favorite episodes. Okay. Yeah. um, It handles VR perfectly. This is how maybe the future of VR, VR... Will develop. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's such a uh, kind of mind mindfuckery esque show episode. You know, it really messes with your head. It, you know, you can't figure out what's going on. That is so true. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I remember. There's just so many layers to this episode. Mm-hmm. There's so many layers to this episode. And it really makes you question what was real, what was actually happening, what yeah. wasn't. It's kind of. Inception-esque. Yeah, Inception-esque. Almost. Almost, yeah. Well directed. Um, I like. I really like uh, Wyatt Russell in his uh, performance. He just sells this, like all his pain, anguish. Great actor. He was in... Uh, people may know him from... Uh, what's that? It was the director of Boyhood did this, Wyatt Russell. Uh, it's a Van Halen song. God damn it. What? What do you want? Uh... Oh, uh, it was Everybody Wants Some. Oh, okay. Great. Yeah. And yeah, no, he's he's dope. <laughs> wow, <laughs> dope actor. Um, yeah, it, just, it messes with you. Um, you know, this is what the epitome of what Black Mirror should be about. You know, pushing, predicting what technology will be, what it will do. You know, and in all of this, it turns out that he just sat down for like a nanosecond, mm-hmm. and he lived like a whole night, right? Yeah, was it a whole night or like a whole life? I can't whole remember. Life, yeah. This whole night, and yeah, no, it's and that's 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 insane. Mm-hmm. That's I I just got PlayStation VR. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. and um, it's kind of funny to say, but mm-hmm. I'm almost kind of afraid. Yeah, to get yeah, too involved. Right. It, it, yeah, it, 
Mm-hmm. Like, as I started playing with, like, some of the demo discs, and then everyone in my family tried it out, too, and it's 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 awesome. Yeah, like, I can't, It's awesome. I can clearly see this being a problem. Oh, yeah. It reminds me of this. In. Yeah, this reminded me of, reminded me of Jammer from Futurama. It's like virtual skee-ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> virtual, virtual skee-ball. <laughs> yeah. So, like, yeah, the technology will keep developing. And, you know, it's a really emotional episode, too. Like, you know, his issues with his mom, his family. Oh, yeah. It's really touching. You know, it's very cathartic, so... And it was also a good Haunted House episode. Yeah, too. basically was. It was a great Haunted House episode. Mm-hmm. And the giant spiders crawling on walls and stuff. Oh, it was I'm, creepy. I, I'm about that. Yeah. I'm about that. It's very Lovecraftian. Little, oh, you know, actually very Lovecraftian, you know, based <laughs> off of, like, the sets of the house, the way the house looked. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, um... It was very, like, turn-of-the-century East Coast. Yeah. It's pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the VR device is also kind of a precursor to uh, U.S. Callister. Oh, yeah. You're, yeah. You're, you're, you're right. You're right, because oh. they have that whole thing where it's, like, pretty much... Was it almost exactly like the one from USS Callister where they, they, they put, like, a tablet on their temple? Yeah, I, don't, I, I can't really remember, but... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so precursor to all this stuff. And it shows that it really hats off the continuity of... Mm, the show. Of Black Mirror. Yeah, the show itself. Yeah. So let's move on to uh, Shut Up and Dance. Um, it's directed oh, by the guy that did The Woman in Black. And uh, apparently this is one of the uh, highest, excuse me, one of the fa- highest fan rating episodes. Um, you know, teenager is messaged by a hacker group that they're going to expose his secrets. He has to do all these instructions. And, you know, he's trying to not let a secret. You think it's something else, but... You know, he's a kid, he, you know, looks at certain websites, but, you know, the the big kicker is such a gut punch is, you know, he's, you know, he's into, like, uh, you know, child pornography in the episode, mm-hmm. and, you know, it really t- took you off guard, it's one of those twists, like, you know, it's just like, you know, the actor plays it so well, where you're just like, oh, you know, you feel for this, uh, for this teenager, and then you're like, oh, fuck, he's a terrible person as well. Right. And, like, you know, it goes from... You know, the fact Black Mirror could, like, take you from sympathy to, like, hatred of a character is just, you know, crazy. All, all within an hour. Yeah, all within an hour, yeah. And, and that just shows, like, the caliber of the show itself. Mm-hmm. Some previous episodes did this as well, where it's an emotional roller coaster. It's a terrible, cliche thing to say. Yeah. But it actually was, because you're absolutely right. You, you go from sympathy to hatred almost on drop of a dime. But also, this, this uh, episode itself really plays in that whole... I guess, like, all teenagers go through, like, they do something they're not supposed to, mm-hmm. and they're paranoid about it, and, like, they do everything to make sure that like, no one finds out. You know, it's almost like this whole shame, but the stakes are raised when you find out what he did is illegal. Yeah. And it was interesting to see him interact with all these other people that are affected. Mm-hmm. Like, um, <laughs> is it, is it Bron? Bran? No, I think it's, is it Bron from, uh... Game of Thrones? My that be. actor? Yeah. I can't... I don't know the actor's yeah. name. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. But he... I think, wasn't he having an affair with his wife? On a, He was having an yeah. affair? And, jeez, like, that... There's just so many twists and turns. And he's straight up told, like, oh, you gotta kill somebody. Mm-hmm. It goes from robbing a bank... Oh, no, it goes from delivering a, delivering a cake to robbing a bank to killing someone. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's like it's also like uh, kind of like the first episode, uh, he didn't, or, uh, you know, it's kind of like the national anthem where the stakes just keep getting raised and the tension just keeps oh, like, yeah. ramping up, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. This whole episode, I was thinking, like, is he going to get away with it? Is there going to be a payoff? 
is this hacker going to back off? But, as we all know, the hacker was just pretty much like an anarchist and saying like, oh, everyone did everything that, they're that I asked them to, mm -hmm. but I'm just going to expose everybody. Because yeah. they're, they're, they're terrible people. Right. And that's where the whole eye for an eye comes in play. Yeah. So, and do you want to... Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you know, again, this is kind of, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's Black Mirror, is it too mean-spirited? I, I don't really think so, because, again, the characters kind of deserve what happened right. to them. And, yeah, I mean, I feel like this is kind of case in point to where it's, like, morality, where it's more about the extreme of people, not, not everyone, like, the real kind of scumbags of society and, you know, what happens to them if they commit a morally wrong crime. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And like, they get what's coming to them, which yeah. is, which is pretty satisfying in mm -hmm. itself. Right. And, moving on is a lighter episode than Junipero. 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 We got it. Yeah. Junipero. Yeah. And this is the episode that won the series a Golden Globe. It is one of the most critically acclaimed episodes, won a shit ton of awards. It's this, kind of like the anthem for for a lot of uh, people on social media nowadays. Right, yeah, no anthem, and also, you know, it showed that streaming services can put out, like, insanely good com comment, you know, uh, content. Oh, yes. So, yeah, San Junipero. Uh, Junipero. Yeah, yes. It's directed by Owen Harris, who did BRB. And he did some episodes of Misfits. Um, the cast is great. Um, you know, it, it's really unexpected because you think that's like this 80s throwback. And then it's it's not. It's, you know, this virtual world, which, you know, many people live and experience. Uh, like Second Life, which you could see maybe in like a Ready Player One, stuff like that. You know, the simulated reality. And, you know, it's a crazy concept that like deceased people can live in this reality. And they're like... You know, people could visit them, and, you know, it's like their, uh, I don't know, like their avatar lives on, you know, their soul lives on, even though their body did, and that's a, you know, crazy concept. And, you know, it's emotional, you know, the fact that, the, you know, two main characters, they get to live with each other and spend the rest of their existence with each other, is, you know, is a very touching sentiment. But why, why do you think this is, like, one of the, considered one of the best episodes I think because it's honestly probably because it's lighthearted nature. It's mm -hmm. a romantic story. Right. And that's, I want to say that's kind of like the low-hanging fruit. Just, uh, the, just like how Hang the DJ is probably one of the most popular ones. Yeah, it's, the next it's, a very, it's a universal episode. Yeah. Like anyone could relate. I wouldn't say uh, low fruit. I would just say like it's a universal. Okay, thing, that, yeah. that's, that's a better way of putting it. It's, mm -hmm. it's, anyone it's relate relatable. Because yeah. anyone's been in love or sure. felt, felt something for someone else. Yeah. No, like that's I think that that's one of the that's one of the cases. And you know, honestly, it's beautifully told. Yeah. It's beautifully told, but what's also pretty interesting to see is that it uses or hints at the same technology. I know you covered the season already, but mm -hmm. same technology that we see in the final episode of the most recent season, the the Black Museum. Yes. Where someone pretty much gets uploaded mm -hmm, into something. Yeah. Right? And 
when I first saw this episode, I had no damn clue what the hell was going on because right. at first this person was in the eighties, yeah, and then they were like in the nineties, mm-hmm. and then they jump back to I believe like the seventies or something. Yeah, there's there's decades. Like, what there's, is, yeah, you're trying to figure it out. Yeah, they're decade jumping. And I'm like, is there okay? So there's the time travel. I'm like, I immediately thought they're probably like traveling through time. I'm like, okay, so like Black Mirror up the game. But when you realize when you find out that it's pretty much this program where people can spend time in, like you know, like a second life, like you yeah. said. It it was it was interesting to say the least, because mm-hmm. it's really like a it's like a it's literally a second life for senior citizens. Yeah, and that's that one thing that was really awesome is that one of the reveals is this person was in love with with an elderly person, mm-hmm. right? This their significant other was elderly, and as cliche as it is to say, it shows that love knows no age. Right. Yeah. Right, mm-hmm. and that age the uh, love is almost timeless. Mm-hmm. You know, in itself. And the fact that they make the decision to stay there with each other. Yeah. It's is, is a beautiful story. Yeah. You know? And that's probably, probably why it's one of the more, more popular ones, you know? No, oh, of course. And also, I would say, you know, because my... You know, again, you said, talked about online and online culture, kind of. You know, I, I mean, I... I've met people through, like, stuff like Twitter or, you know, like, through film Twitter. I met, like, you know, interesting people all around the world. And it also shows kind of, you know, people kind of look down on, I guess, social interaction on, like, through social media or Twitter or Facebook or what have you. But in a way, like, when they're, when you're commenting, when you're, like, meeting someone through online, through online platforms... You're you're not you're you're meeting them like on a very even platform, but it's also you know add that, but it's also kind of like you're meeting someone's soul in a way. And I felt like this episode kind of really uh, made me think that. You're right. Yeah, uh, I I I agree because through this program, which I think the program was called San Junipero mm-hmm. itself. Yes. Um, I think with that. Through that program, people were able were allowed to be themselves because really they weren't necessarily themselves. I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like they weren't bogged down by societal expectations mm-hmm. in yeah. this program, so they were allowed to like let loose, yeah. you know, dance and party, you know, and that's where like again, that's where human nature was allowed to like flourish. Yeah, and then through that, two people fell in love with each other's mm-hmm. human nature. You yeah. Know? So yeah, no, it's a, it really deserves its title of. The best episode of Black Mirror. So. I. Yeah. Yeah. Um, moving on, Man Against Fire. Um, you know, it's directed by Owen Harris. He did some Black Car. Excuse me. Did some. Uh, he did. Uh, excuse me. Uh, excuse me. It's directed by Jason. Robert. You got it. Yeah. <laughs> you got it. And he, he did some House of Cards episodes. R.I.P. Yeah, R.I.P. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know. I, I don't really care for Man Against Fire too much. I, I don't know. I found it very cliche. It was very like one note in its twist. It's I don't know. It just didn't really impress me that much. I mean, it's talking a lot about you know the psychological aspects of war and uh, it has on you. But I don't know. Just something about this episode just didn't do it for me. What are, what are your thoughts? I I wouldn't say it didn't do anything for me, but I was able to call it yeah. as soon as 
as soon as the episode... Uh, yeah. not, not started, it reminds me of Oblivion. Do you remember that Tom Cruise movie? Oh, God. I didn't even see that movie. Oh, you don't? No. It was by but, the Tron Legacy director. But it's, um, it's pretty... That was pretty much, like, this whole enemy was made up, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So that's... I, I, figured, I figured it out maybe a couple minutes in. So, like, yeah. oh, these roaches are actually very people. obvious, yeah. Right. It was that. Okay, no, that. That was low-hanging fruit. <laughs> okay. I would say that. that All right. I would, I, would say, I would say that because it's... It was again. It was just blatantly obvious. Yeah. I want to. I want to say it was also something that we've seen before. I can't put my finger on where we've seen. Something. Oblivion. Okay. Well, I haven't. I okay. So there you go. Oblivion. Yeah. Uh, I am Legend. Oh, okay. There. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Um. The book, not the. Yes. Oh yeah. There. Speaking of Twilight and Richard Matheson. Uh, um, Hearts and Minds, Outer Limits. Yeah. I mean, so like, again, like this is this is pretty. This it's is very a, tired I, content. It is a tired trope. However, I think the only merit for this episode is the technology that they use. Mm-hmm. They have like the whole mass interface. Yeah. And that pretty much inhibits or tweaks what they actually see, mm-hmm. and that kind of ties into previous episodes. The whole yeah. visual technology. Um, yeah, even it's interesting going, use of technology. I it, so. Yeah, like so, like going into like play tests. You know, when the guy first starts, starts. Um, testing this VR thing, he sees things that aren't actually there. Mm-hmm. So there you go in, in, um, in, um, uh, in um, Men Against Fire, he sees normal people as like these mutants or otherworldly beings almost, you know, yeah. and then that, that gives him like, it allows him to like kill him. Yeah. But what was, what was nice about this episode, I guess is one of the final shots, is when he goes home. And it's like the whole, you see like the whole like soldiers welcome. You see like the welcome home banner on the house. It's a clean like green grass lawn. It's like the beautiful tree. But then when it cuts to reality, you see it's like a slum. Mm-hmm. It's like kind of like almost like a dilapidated shack almost. Yeah. That was kind of like. Yeah. I and mean, it just shows like how far this whole like mass, the, the mass technology or interface thing, whatever the hell we call it, goes. You know, yeah. like, that's how much it distorts the reality. And I guess that's one of the only benefits from this, from this yeah. episode. I like the last shot, I will say that. Yeah. Alright, um, let's go to the last episode. Heated in the Nation. Oh, yeah. So, I, I felt this was, because it clocks in at almost it's 89 minutes, so it <laughs> has the time length to be a feature, so it pretty much is. And you know what? I, I feel like this is a very oddly placed episode. It, it, it took me forever to finish this episode. Like, I had to go back, like, multiple times. I couldn't, like, watch it all the way through for whatever reason. A U.S. Callister is also long, but, you know, at the beginning episode, like, I felt, if, I wish this was the first episode, because, like, you know, when you stream it at midnight, you know, the launch, you have, like, a viewing party, you have to watch the first episode, so I wish they did that with this. But, I don't dislike this episode, just on that, you know, I, I don't dislike it, it's just, um, it was a little too similar to, um, you know, the first episode, um, National Anthem, where, you know, it has similar themes. It seems like it's kind of talking about the same stuff, this mob mentality. Um, I kind of saw it similar to Shut Up and Dance. Yeah, it was almost, yeah. It was almost saying the same thing. You know, again, it has a great cast. Benedict Wong is great. He's in The Martian. He's in Doctor Strange, playing Wong. Uh, You know, everyone else is great in this episode. It's just, I don't know, something about it. It just, it was very long-winded. I mean, it, you know, it wasn't perfect, but, um, I mean, it did have a lot to say that was an important scene, but... And it has, uh, Callie McDonald, who's, uh, 
Miss Schroeder in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Oh, yeah? Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. I had, had to throw that no, in there. Cool. <laughs> so what are, what are your thoughts on this one? It was... I, I totally see you. It was... This was an episode where I asked myself, where is this going? Yeah. But not in a good way. No, yeah. You're like, <laughs> not in a good way by any yeah. means. Yeah. I, I wouldn't say I checked out, but mm-hmm. I was... It was losing me. Yeah, a little bit. It was losing me. However, I do like, again, back to the technology. I do like the whole use of, was it, I think, the ADIs. Mm-hmm. Like, the, like the synthetic bees, pretty much. Yeah, I like that. Because, cool. that, I mean, that's pretty cool. And honestly, that's something we might have to look into in, the, in our near right, future. Like drones bee- and... No, well, yeah. Well, yeah, drones, yeah, but like also like the collapse of the bees, you know. Yeah. It has own, so they're gone, we're gone. Oh, right. That's right. And that's what they did in, that, in this episode. That's where those came from, to oh. really counter like all kind of like compensate for the lack of bees and and like in the environment but really <laughs> it's it took a while to get nowhere yeah almost and like the whole reveal is that everyone that shared that hashtag died as well died as well but and that kind of shows like going to the mob mentality you know the people in the mob sometimes aren't any better than the people that they're chasing after mm-hmm. you know and it's like the whole like looking at over talk horror yeah. looking at uh, the classic Frankenstein movie, you know, or even like the Frankenstein the novel, it's the people in the mob aren't any better than the wretch himself. Yeah. Or themselves. Yeah, you know? and you know, Charlie Booker, he says, he is kind of asking this kind of mob mentality through like social media, Twitter. He doesn't know the answer if it's like, this is the, you know, dealing with uh, people being accountable, you know, it's his kind of examination of it. So, it's, you know, it, it feels like, you know, up until the ending, it doesn't really know what it's it's going to say. Exactly, and that's that's one thing. Honestly, the whole episode really kind of felt improvised, even yeah, though it's impossible bit. for it to be improvised. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a live recording or anything. It wasn't on Fox. It wasn't a live <laughs> yeah. rendition of anything we know, but it really kind of felt improvised because I didn't really know what the next step was going to be. Yeah. And honestly, the episode felt like it didn't know what it was either, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, it, just, it wasn't that great. Yeah. So, we're wrapping up here, we, talked, we went through three seasons of Black Mirror, plus a holiday special. <laughs> you know, running out of breath, but... What, 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 uh... You know, again, we, you know, just wrapping this up, we said this is a modern-day Twilight Zone. I do agree. Nothing has come close to it. Not even revivals of Twilight Zone. Nope. Even though Forrest Whitaker, he's a good narrator. Yeah. Would you want Whitaker back for uh, the Jordan no. Peele? No. No. I think he would be a good narrator. No. Okay. I had someone in mind, but right. oh, I, yeah. Who do you have in mind? Let me let me see. Hold on. Um. Sure. Go ahead and you can keep talking. Then. You know what? Why is this? Why does this hit so close to home? Why does this connect with so many people? Would you say? Why would it connect to so many people? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you know. People that aren't into anthology shows, they're not into sci-fi. They constantly say, "Oh, Dylan McDermott is here." I'd say so. Okay, I'd say so. Because he's, he's a very stoic person, you know. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Back to your question. No, no. Um, why Why does this connect with so many people? Would you say? A lot of people aren't. A lot of people out there weren't really exposed to the Twilight Zone. Yes. So this whole thematic, uh, or I guess this whole anthology. And the whole anthology series is relatively new to them. Okay. And the fact that there's parallel, there's underlying parallels that relate to their current life or yeah. like, the, like current happenings, 
I think they're really feeding on that. Yeah. They're feeding on it because it's almost like an out. It's almost like an outlet. Yeah, of course. It's almost like a way of venting and a way of like it's almost kind of like a way of therapy. It's like, this is happening. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a, very it's cathartic. A, yeah, exactly. It's a very it's 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 a form of acceptance. Mm -hmm. So the fact that it's doing doing gangbusters number one, I think a lot of that's attributed to Netflix. Yes. Because it seems like as soon as Netflix slaps an original title, it usually does well. Yeah. But I want to say it's also even though there's why don't existed, it's also very fresh. It's it's new, and like a, like. Like uh, like I said with the national anthem, it really shows that this series itself has no boundaries mm -hmm. on what to cover. No subjects taboo, you know that they're going to cover it, and there's going to be a commentary that needs to be that needs to be. There's something that needs to be said about something yeah. about almost anything, you know. Okay. And okay. that sums up the feelings of it. Yeah, I think yeah. I think I think that's the case, and it's. I don't know. I want to go and say it's it's just something different. Period. Mm -hmm. You know. Of course. And. You know, Jordan Peele, you know, he had great social commentary for Get Out, and he has been, you know, named the showrunner for the new Twilight Zone revival. Mm -hmm. How do you feel, you know, I, I have a lot of faith in him, but how do you feel he'll, he'll, he'll do, like, stacking up against, like, you know, mo you know our modern-day uh, Twilight Zones, like Black Mirror, uh, you know, stuff like Philip K. Dix uh, and Electric Sheep. Do you feel like a new Twilight Zone, just kind of off topic, can, you know, can uh, survive in the post-Black Mirror world? I don't know. You don't know? I really don't know, because the way our society goes is if and when there's a new Twilight Zone, mm -hmm. or Twilight Zone well, revival, yeah, there's gonna be one. Yeah. everyone's going to attack it by saying, it's just like Black Mirror. Right. And that's what really... That's what upsets me. Okay. You know, that they don't have that context that Black Mirror pulls right. from. Does that make sense? Okay. And as far as can he do it, I believe so. You believe so? I yeah, think, I mean, I Get think Out was, yeah, Get Out felt like an episode of Twilight Zone. I, I really think he can, and he has he has enough momentum to, to be successful. Mm -hmm. You know, like he's, he's up for an Academy Award, right? Yeah. Well, definitely and, for Best Director. Yeah. But I, I would like to hold... I like to hold no expectations. Okay. Because I don't really like to be yeah, disappointed. Yeah, I mean, maybe, like, you know, Outer Limits and Twilight Zone coexisted at the same time. The right, 60s, so, so why not, why not Black Mirror and the Twilight Zone revival? Yeah. You know, so I think, I'd say he has... room for both. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think he's, I'd like to say he's up to snuff, but we'll just have to wait and see. Okay. We'll just have to wait and see. We'll wait and see. Um, Frankie, uh, where can people find you at? Social media, Twitter, Instagram? If you really want to follow me, yeah. It's uh, my handle's at Starscream underscore 117. Mm -hmm. That's on Twitter. Okay. And what is my Instagram? My Instagram is ghost underscore of underscore space kook. Uh, can you want to tell them what the reference is? Um, this is a Scooby Doo villain that I really, really like. Mm -hmm. scared the, the only one that scared the crap out of me. <laughs> The it's space cook? Space cook pretty much is a skeleton in a spacesuit. Uh, oh, I remember that guy. He's creepy. Yeah. Yeah. I must say. You guys final thoughts? Yeah, final thoughts. Um, oh, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, G9892. You can follow the Waffle Press on Twitter, subscribe on YouTube, like on Facebook, and uh, subscribe on iTunes. You know, find something you like. If there's something you don't like, like anyway. So, uh, final thoughts? Black Mirror is incredible. It's an incredible show. It, as a huge fan of the Twilight Zone, this is kind of like my, my quote-unquote fix. Mm -hmm. It's really...
providing me fresh content that the Twilight Zone provided to people as it was airing, you know, yeah. like 50, after 59. And it really, it really pulls a lot of experience and a lot of context mm-hmm. and a lot of almost like style and storytelling uh, tropes from the Twilight Zone itself, but also from its name. Yeah. So you know the whole... St- Black Mirror is yeah. your phone. Exactly. So mm-hmm. when you lock your phone, you look at your phone, you see yourself in mm-hmm. the Black Mirror. And Twilight Zone's a commentary about man and its and their nature, and Black Mirror is about us. Yeah. And on that note, you know, that really sums up, you know, the social commentary on Black Mirror and Twilight Zone. So with that, we'll end the show. Thank you for listening. We've been professionally unprofessional. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.